You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. All right, welcome to the Cheap Seats, everybody. This is Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, and Professor Trent Nichols. I think we're alone for the most part today, guys, so... I don't know. What can we get into? I think we're alone. Oh, I was going to sing that. Go ahead, Trent. Oh, no, this you is got better. It. No, it's good. Man. Dude, wait. One second. So, I missed the beginning of Mr. Cutler scoring some fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Do you know why, guys? Do I know why you missed it? Yeah. No. What? what because we hosted and broadcast the Roller Derby National Championship last night and had the Fayetteville Roller Derby girls in. Shut up. Nice. It was the bomb, dude. How did how did we not know that was going to yeah. happen? Trent, what's up? You, dude, you I uh, said hogged that. it, dude. I, hey. I freaking went big time on you and stole all the glory. Was, oh, my God. How was did, uh, what? Amanda Conda there? Amanda Conda might have been there. I didn't meet her, but... Eileen, you scream. She didn't show up. Oh. See, that's funny because she did show up at dodgeball. What? Yeah, you didn't, didn't join her team. The, uh, no idea what's going on. She said, unless you're throwing stuff at people, she's not down. Huh? Must not be a big chicken wing fan. Just thought, you know, hanging out on the patio with the roller derby girls. Hey, I wouldn't. So, survive. what was the special occasion? What was going on? It was the national championship broadcast on uh, ESPN three. So, working my audiovisual magic, we got it, put it up on all the TVs on the patio. Unfortunately, we couldn't do sound, and uh, they had a blast. But really, who needs sound when you're doing roller derby? Nah, you don't need any sound. Hey, guys, did you hear that, Tim? Did you hear that, Chris? Yeah, I think the Eagles just scored another (laughs) touchdown. Dude. Good move by the the, uh, Dolphins. You know, sending Jay Ajayi yeah. over there because he obviously doesn't have anything in the tank with his bad knee and bad attitude and everything. Well, the, the Miami-Oakland game was actually a pretty decent game. Oh Jay Cutler God. looked that good. Just, that was just bad football by two it teams. It looked good. I thought he looked good. Football. You thought he looked good? Yeah, he does. He And I think Gaze is a good coach, too. Well, I needed a uh, fantasy quarterback, and I went with Drew Stanton instead of Jay Cutler. Well done. That was. I'm sure that. Well, I still won, so it didn't matter. No, that's okay because I'm going to win today. I mean, it would take a minor miracle. I guess I could still lose. But you know that Deshaun Watson went down for my team. Yeah. I plugged in Jameis Winston the last two weeks, and over the last two weeks, he's put up a total of seven points, including getting benched this week. Uh, for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that is uh, the story I want to kind of start with. Oh, hold on. Oh, 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 who wants to eat one of these W's with yeah. me? Oh. This dude. He, I wow. heard he's Hold on, he did charged? you not see that? 
Did no, I not see what? That's his Jameis pregame Winston speech. Was his, that's his pregame <laughs> speech. He said, "I want you, who wants to eat this W with me?" I thought you just made that up. No. Oh no! Who I wants could never to eat do that. This W with me? Nope. It's on there. He, we'll we'll get the sound for you later. Yeah, he was. And how, whole, how could I miss that? Well, the whole team was kind of looking at him like, uh, <laughs> "We are so screwed." Dude. Like this dude likes to eat fake W's and lobster. <laughs> dude, if I was AJ Green, I would have punched him in the head. Or crab Look, legs. A- that is the most bizarre <laughs> pregame thing I've ever seen in my life. He really is running around. Who wants to eat this W with me? That's awesome. I don't know how I missed it. I, I well, I tell you how I missed it. I was tuned in. To the Bengals Jaguars game during pregame and up to I don't know sometime in the third quarter, and my eyes bled a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're talking about first of all the Buccaneers and Dirk Cutter. Dirk Cutter, what's the shelf life on that, Trent? How many how many more weeks does he have? Before Actually, he's out apparently the Jameis likes to eat L's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where to go. I no. I don't I have no idea. Um, yeah. How long? How long does Cutter, the the quarterback whisperer, last? Oh, I. Although that is a cool name. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Dirk Cutter. Come on. And it's all fancy too. It's O E. If Dirk Cutter gets fired before the greatest hair in the NFL up in New York, I would be shocked. Really? Yeah. See. Invoking great names. Marvin Lewis doesn't have a great name, but his offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor. Ooh. What? <laughs> Dirk Cutter? <laughs> Bill Lazor? Come on, what's up with these football coaches? It's like I think it's pretty cool. Disney I, right? cartoon. Where's well, Buzz Lightyear? I'm going to be surprised if Marvin Lewis makes it through the week. Um, that offense is dead in the water. The team obviously is punched out on him. And they've got a lot of issues. But Tampa Bay, you know, they were on hard knocks this year. Got a lot of attention. They were stored a stockpile in weapons on that offense. And they're awful. Mm. Yeah. They're it's- absolutely awful. And, you know, the the Buccaneers are a team that over the last 10 or 15 years hasn't had any patience at all with head coaches. Dirk Cutter probably want to go ahead and contact a realtor. Just saying. Well, it's kind of like we were talking about yesterday, Chris, on the phone. Just because you know football doesn't make you a great CEO, right? And that's what coaches should be. CEOs are a particular type of person. They're not always super likable. They're great managers of things. Um, You know, Dirt Cutter is probably a great guy, brilliant, knows how to – you know, to have him be called a quarterback whisperer and oh. Jameis be eating W's on the sideline before the game. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't think coming out of Florida State, nobody questioned Jameis Winston's talent. Jameis Winston had all the tools to be an NFL quarterback. The questions were with regard to what was going on inside his head. Right. And it's too late to say that, you know, he's not going to get back and, and any of that. You can't make judgment on him. But obviously, he's not doing what he needs to do. And yes, for the last two weeks, he's been playing with you know a bad wing. But that doesn't uh, that doesn't explain the fact that he kind of stunk before that too. 
And they went and got Deshaun Jackson, and a lot of people thought, well, that's, you know, the missing element. They drafted him a tight end. You've got Mike Evans there. I'd say muscle hamster, but he doesn't like that. No, nickname. he doesn't like that. He's so on Doug the way Martin's here now. Back, and this offense can't do a thing. Um, I think Dirk, Dirk Cutter is uh, in in hot water. He's in hot water, but he, he'll get a job like that. Like I mean, he's really well respected around the league in terms on the offensive side, and. You know, frankly, how can you indict him again, I'll repeat, when your quarterback is freaking everybody out pregame, sticking his hand in his mouth? That is what you would call a mitigating circumstance. Right. (laughs) Because I think maybe the game plan might have been right on. Dirk Cutter might have said all the right things during the weekend in the locker room, but eating W's (laughs) in front of a bunch of grown men – that is enough to sort of ruin the whole thing. So you might be right. It might be all wins. Dude, you got to watch it too because the team, the way they're looking at him, he's just – we're going to play that sound here a little bit, little bit. That's almost as crazy as being on the hot seat yourself and thinking about benching a, probably a Hall of Fame quarterback in Ben McAdoo. He is literally talking about benching Eli Manning – he didn't say specifically. He says, well, I'm going to look at every player, and you might be on the bench, and that includes the quarterback too. Well. That's like me. While and- people are being looked at, Ben McAdoo's being looked at, and his tenure in, in New York, there's no way he gets out of 2017 alive. Well, the second he they sniff that he's going to bench Eli, I mean, I think he's wait. begging to hold get out of New York. Hold up. No, he's begging wait, to wait, get wait, out wait, of New let's York. Let's just wait dog, a dog on second. You don't really, 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 really think Ben McAdoo has the juice to bench Eli Manning. No, and that's why I think that's why he's basically saying, please fire me. I'm over this. (laughs) I'm going to bench Eli. Fire me. Fire me. I'm taking Eli out. As funny as that sounds, Ben McAdoo will cling to that job in New York, stealing the Giants' money. Absolutely, as long as he can, he can do. He and can cling it, to his couch and steal their money if they if, fire him. But if he honestly <laughs> believes that he has that, that he has the capability, well, see, that's the thing, Chris. Is nobody to believes Eli that. Manning? No, he's sadly mistaken. Nobody believes that, and that's what sucks. It sends an awful message to the team because Eli Manning is two games away from the consecutive streak that will overtake Peyton Manning's, and he's sending that message to the rest of the Giants team, and they're going to look at him like, this is the dude we're supposed to be lining up for? I don't even even think it's like that. I think the rest of the team's like, this dude doesn't get it. And he the coach is an NFL franchise. He doesn't own an NFL franchise. This and dude. there are certain moves that a head coach just doesn't get to make all by himself. And this the dude. defense decides not to tackle anybody, and they're like, he can't suspend us all. Eli Apple is like, whatever, dude. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to play. That for dude's this been guy. combing this hair back too hard. He's yeah. been that this putting, applying too much pressure on the noggin with that. Come back, hair, slick back, look. Well, and the Giants are one of those teams. And obviously they've got some injuries at the wide receiver in particular. But the Giants have playmakers on both sides of the football. Mm-hmm. They should not be one and seven. Nah. That's at the like, midway point. That's like me sucking on this show 
and our ratings go way down and me trying to bench Tim Kobus. Well, and that's the it's the same thing. We continually put you in position to succeed and you just can't get the job done. <laughs> Hold on. But um, you're, um, you're um, like Eli dummies. Manning. You're on one of those twenty million dollar contracts, so we can't bench you. <laughs> but we're just we just gotta roll him back out there and you know, take the L this week. Hold on for a second. You don't remember when I threw that ball and Tyree trapped it against his helmet for the Super Bowl win? Oh, yeah. That was all me. Oh, yeah. And when Tom Tom Brady <laughs> missed Wes Welker wide open. Oh, he didn't miss him. He hit him in his hand. That's right. Just ask Giselle. He can't catch it, too, right? He can't throw it and catch it. Eli Manning has got two Super Bowl rings. That still boggles my mind <laughs> at the, that that's a thing. It's a thing, and they well, beat the Patriots both times, which is oof. kind of sweet. <laughs> I think Eli's right there with Trent Dilfer and his Super Bowl ring. Man, I mean, I, come on. Well, Trent. I'm not going to – look, Mississippi folks, because there's some of y'all that listen, I'm not going to put Eli Manning in that Trent Dilfer box. <laughs> Let me make sure that was Trent I Nichols. Did. Professor, one each. Trent, do you hate Tupelo? Is that what you're saying? Who can hate Tupelo, man? That's Elvis's birthplace. Mm. Come on, man. Graceland. Listen, Eli Manning, I'm not putting him in the Trent Dilfer box. I'm going to put – you know what <laughs> box I'm going to put him in? I'm going to put him in the Terry Bradshaw box. He was just long for the ride mm. and made a great play, lucked up into it, and he's got a couple rings because that's what Terry Bradshaw four. did four times. Yeah, jeez. But back to Terry Brad. You, he's also got a naked room, Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> I've got a naked house, so <laughs> it's just waiting to be used when my kids get out of there. I just walk around naked. Wow! I did have an old man tell me one time that if you want to get your kids out of the house, just walk around the house naked, and that'll clear the place out. So I don't know. Mental note. I don't have any kids that I'm ready to run off like that yet. Mental note, Trent, you and I, once he becomes an empty nester, yeah. no going over to Chris's <laughs> no. house. And I'm giving his neighbors a gift card to buy blinds. <laughs> no doubt. Budget Those. blinds. All right, we're just getting started on From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media, at Cheap Seat Radio. You can find us Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You're listening on WDCC and WBLZ around the world. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back. This is Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, and Professor Trent Nichols. We're talking NFL football, sort of. Yeah. Talking about naked men and... I I don't know what else. Not I can naked, tell you, there's a you not guys, naked men, oh, naked man, man. <laughs> don't throw us all Listen, into that mess. You guys, this is unfair. These work conditions are not okay today. What? What's wrong? Well, for the last I don't know ninety days, Trent's been running the show, 
And, you know, we'll get through a segment, and it's like, come on, let's go outside, let's grab something to drink. <laughs> Tim not only is rolling into these segments hot, he's like plowing through the bumpers. <laughs> like, look, I got, I, got, I got some signs to put up. No, Crystal you know, said, I got to go. The way the way the show started off was like, you know, when it's the, the pool water hasn't quite warmed up, Tim just picked us up and threw us in the deep Wow. End. Yeah, immersion he's like, therapy. go. What's going on, man? I'm I'm still real. I don't even have any notes. I got lazy. I'm like, I'm not going to do any pre-show prep. I'll just look some stuff up during the breaks. Well, we're talking about NFL, which is from week to week almost impossible to understand. I mean, Kansas City starts uh, yeah. out undefeated. Remember and, when Kansas City was the best team in the NFL? Yeah. Remember when Kansas City and Atlanta Falcons were number one and number two in the power <laughs> rankings? We had the Super Bowl all figured out. I mean, what is going on? What is going on indeed? I'll tell you the game that, that crossed me up yesterday. I'm not buying the Washington Redskins. But they <laughs> just keep beating people they shouldn't beat. And maybe they're going to maybe this is the year Jay Gruden's got them rolling I don't know into the playoffs Super Bowl. I don't know what's going to be the end for them, but Kirk Cousins who does not pass any eye test as a quarterback in the NFL who the Washington Redskins seem to be the team in the league that likes him the least. They've got this ongoing, you know, fight amongst one another. They don't want to bring him back on this extension. And this kid just keeps going out. You like that. And dropping. You like that. And eating W's. No. <laughs> He's, yeah. I, I, I just don't understand how Washington's getting it done. And they're at 4-4. Four and four. So I don't want to overstate it, but they to me look like a team that ought to be one and seven right now. Especially after that last drive on Seattle. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Who saw that coming? I was yeah. shocked out of my shoes. And then what do you let's say? Because they still have chance for a wild card. I think their division's gone between the Eagles and maybe Dallas. That um, you know, roughed up KC. They won that game decisively. So their division's most likely gone. But what do you do if they make the playoffs? What do you do with Cousins? You haven't signed them up to this point. You've been putting a franchise franchise tag on them. It's going to be what twenty eight million next well, year here, if they do that again. Here's let me let me draw you a picture. All right. Okay. Where's your crayon? If it gets you to the playoffs and you decide we like this guy but we don't love him. All right. It's kind of like the guy who's got the girlfriend and it's like I really really dig this girl. Might even love her. Don't know that she's wife material. Hmm. And she starts putting pressure. And you guys have had good times. You've incurred some bills together. She knows all your dirt. You get comfortable and you're like, oh, okay. I'll do this. <clears throat> and then your life is over. Is over. That's what's going on here. And if you want to see what's going to happen if the if the Redskins sign Kirk Cousins to that big deal, from my perspective, you know where I'm headed always to Cincinnati. Everything in my head goes through Cincinnati. If the Redskins commit long-term to Kirk Cousins, they will essentially have signed Andy Dalton to that long-term deal. They're an awful lot alike. Cousins may even have a bigger arm. But those guys are, to me, are not game changers in the NFL. And if you want to see the importance of a, of the quarterback position in the NFL, 
look no further than the Houston Texans. One guy. You know, J.J. Watt's gone down with an injury. Defense doesn't miss a beat. Brian Cushing's out with a suspension. Defense, next man up, sucks it up. They go from being talked about as perhaps a Super Bowl contender one ACL tear later, hmm. they get beat by Indianapolis. That's little... what, what, what we are in right now with the way offenses are constructed, the way the game is officiated, the way the game is played. All you're trying to do with the rest of your team is create a situation where a top-shelf quarterback can come in and win you a Super Bowl. Right. You've got to create the conditions everywhere else because a quarterback, unless you're Aaron Rodgers, is not going to carry a team to a Super Bowl. But you've got to have that next-level guy. Eli Manning is the exception to the rule, and that's why it's so funny that we talk about it. But Eli, in those years, played great football, and he made big plays in big moments. Well, that's why I always get a chuckle out of People given like a quarterback like golf like a year and a half, and then they try to turn the page on him. You know, I'm, I don't know if you saw it. He threw for four touchdowns this past weekend. You are lucky to have a golf in the NFL right now. Like it, he is. I'm not saying he's like top five or anything crazy like that, but you got to cherish these guys. It's hard to believe out of all this world, this in this world, we can't field 32 decent. Quarterbacks, They just don't exist. Well, you're right. And if you look at the teams that are getting it done and the teams that in your mind's eye you see as legit Super Bowl contenders, those guys have one thing in common. They have a difference maker at quarterback. Yeah, but look at the AFC. I mean, right now the playoff picture. You've got Pittsburgh, New England, Kansas City. Then you fall into Tennessee, Jacksonville, and Buffalo. But wait a minute. But Tennessee's let's, got let, Mariota. They've got Mariota. But the other thing is, is look at the rest of that division. They're just fumbling over each other. I mean, those guys, there's not in Tennessee, Jacksonville, Houston, Indianapolis playing right now. You don't have a difference maker at quarterback. But somebody has to win that division. But nine know. weeks ago, if after eight games or nine games, you would have told me that Tennessee and Jacksonville were both going to make the playoffs? Well, I mean, you know, I would have thought you were nuts. Well, Jacksonville can't schedule the Bengals every week, though. It'd be nice if they could. And the <laughs> Bengals, it's amazing. <laughs> and, well, Buffalo just laid an egg against the Jets. So, you know, Jacksonville's still the team. When you look on your schedule, regardless of who you are, you see them on your schedule and you're like, Boom, I'm going to eat a W. A w. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to eat a double. Well, what was impressive is – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, let's talk about the Fournette benching. Uh, we still haven't heard exactly what that's about, but that's what impressed me about Jacksonville is they just plugged somebody else in. He probably didn't do the exact same thing that a Fournette would do, just like Alfred Morris is not going to do whatever uh, Zeke Elliott can do. But he was serviceable. Ivory, I got almost 90 yards, and they and just – And a touchdown. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that – to me, is the bones of a good team. You just need a couple of pieces, maybe a quarterback. Well, that's the difference between Doug Marone, who apparently has his finger on the pulse of his team right now, and a guy like McAdoo, who says crazy things like, I may 
consider everybody and obviously means he wants to bench Eli Manning. Dirk Cutter last week started to talk about the fact that, you know, he's deflecting things. Well, it's we have to move past the losing culture of this franchise. And Brandon and I talked about this, Trent. The losing culture of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Stop. That's 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. The Buccaneers have been a good team for a long time since then. Yes, they've had a couple of losing seasons here, but they're not that far away from a Super Bowl victory with John Gruden. Yep. And in the years leading up to that with Sapp and Brooks and Lynch and all the rest of those guys, Barber, Buccaneers are good, good ball club. They have and, a good winning history. You know they, what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, in the in the you know in our lifetime, the modern um, times, yeah. in in these players' lifetimes, yeah, Tampa Bay is a top half of the league team in terms of you know winning and history. So he's barking up the wrong tree. You know, if Cutter was in Houston or in in Houston in Cleveland singing that same song, that's a different animal mm-hmm. because the Browns are awful and have been awful. Forever since it's, they came back in the league in 99. It just sounds like somebody who's trying to buy himself some time. You know what I mean? Like, when you say we got to get out of these losing ways and change the culture, you're, in the, you're like trying to say, well, while we're not getting the results now, things are happening internally to the makeup of our franchise that's going to create a winning system. And translation is, please don't fire me yet. Well, well yeah, but how long has he been there? This is his second season. Okay, so that is kind of his losing culture. I mean, it's the head coach's culture. And look, when you look at Tampa Bay and you look at both sides of the ball, there's enough playmakers there to win a lot of football The GM and the ownership has given him all the tools. Well, they've had a change in the front office too. So what they've added here in the the last year or two is in question too. And you got the Aguayo pick, which everybody wants to hang their hat on and laugh about. But right now, that team is built to win. I know. So that's the type team, when you look at it and you look on paper and you're like, God. And to put it in terms that our teenage audience can listen to, that's the team that's, you know, 4-12 and at the end of the season. But you want to take those guys on Madden. Yep. Because on paper, they're there. So that's the team that's primed. And – they got a freaking pirate ship with a cannon in their stadium. Right? I know. How can you lose with that do- dopeness in there? Jeez. And, and, you know, just to pile on, Mickey Mouse lives like right down the road. <laughs> the temperature's always 80 degrees outside. And like, there's no tax. Like, at the tax. end of the game, they no ask. No state tax. No state At the tax. end of the game, they ask Cutter what he's doing after the game, and he starts to say, I'm going to Disney World, and then Mickey Mouse just slaps him. <laughs> You ain't coming here. <laughs> you're not invited. Only if you're eating W's. <laughs> you got Dude, how much run are we going to get out of that? Out of- That's hysterical. That's a new thing. I mean, he looks absolutely like a nut job. But uh, Who, Dirk Cutter? No. Jameis Winston? Jameis Winston. Well, Mr. Crab Legs. What I'm trying to get around to is that's the type of team that you look at as an ownership group, and you're like, what's busted? Yeah, and I don't know. you got to take a look and, and avert your attention to the head coach because there obviously is enough talent there. We've seen those guys perform at that type level, and whether it's scheme, whether it's the ability to motivate, something is broken there. Hey guys, we got yes, about sir. thirty seconds left. I have a surprise for you in the next segment, Uh-oh. and it's a chance to win fifty fifty k if you play your cards right. 
All right. Little teaser. All right. Is it a W eating contest? It might be. Because I'm going to win. All right. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. It's come off the rails early this morning, but we've got, uh, I don't know, what do we got, 90 minutes left? Oh, we got a lot of time. If you're on WDCC, follow us over to the web. You can find us in the iTunes store. Uh, If you're listening on WBLZ, thanks. Just continue to march. We'll be here. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. And now, from Sanford, North Carolina, Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. Got money, got fame, fast cars and everything. I'm on a dance, I gotta sing, rock song, blues song. I don't know about you, but I'm I could really go for a W right now. <laughs> that's that's never gonna get old. That's amazing. Well, especially because they got jacked. <laughs> that's what makes it speaking of eating things delicious, that they got jacked and this dude's got video footage of him eating his hand <laughs> in the form of a W. <clears throat> what a clown, dude. Just yeah. when I think our quarterback's a baby and little crazy this dude he just makes all the other quarterbacks in the league look good with that hey cam newton says like the titanic we will go on i know exactly dude do you know how that ended cam have you watched the movie he's the titanic sunk sorry Spoil alert. And Leo went down with it. (laughs) he died he died and trust me there was enough room on that raft Right, she could have let him that, up. How can that be like the highest grossing movie of all time? There was plenty of room. It was painful. She let the homeboy freeze, and then you're having to listen it to a Celine Dion soundtrack <laughs> while it's going on. My, oh my <laughs> all right, let's see if we can make this happen real quick. So I brought you guys in a present. It's the wait, limited, wait. limited edition. Go ahead, Chris. I like presents. Limited so edition mystery Oreo cookie. Is the, if you guess, wait, but the these flavor, are the ones that you were talking about during the Halloween candy. Yeah, so we, we were talking about two weeks ago Halloween candy. Somehow we got off on Oreos. How you eat them? What strange things you do to them when you're alone? 
And <laughs> I, no, I missed that part no, of the show. That too. was something oh, completely no. offline. Chris, you know that was the mashed potatoes. When you're naked in your house, you break out the. Uh, it's a Beastie Boys song. Don't tell Nesh about the na- the mashed potatoes. Never mind. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm trying to make potato salad. It's creamy. What would Bernie Mac do with a mister with a mystery Oreo? That's all I really want to know. He's not doing it in the turnip greens or the turnips or whatever. But moving on, um, got y'all some mystery Oreos. Y'all have already snacked on a few. Wait a minute, you have them here? They're right here. Let me go ahead and put these out here in the middle, and y'all just deal with these. Oh. And let me tell you something. If you it, guess the flavor right, you win $50,000, so, which you'll have to split with wait me. Wait a minute. I don't understand any of this. So this is a white package. Yes. And the mystery Oreo, this like is a real thing. This isn't. They're like going to give me $50,000 if look I can at, Look at I the label right this? there. Yeah. They're gonna, they, and I've heard what the flavor could be. I've heard. But y'all go ahead and test it out. Okay, well, you talk about something sporty, and I'm going to eat an Oreo. Trent, are you down? You've tried them, right, B? No, I have not. I have not. Oh, I'm ready. Well, come on. I tell you what, we'll do this one by one. I'm, I'm going to lead the way. Okay. Because I'm fearless. You guys you talk milk? about something, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to report back to you. Okay, we're going to well, talk about soccer. Yeah, now. let's talk no, about no. soccer. That's when Chris ditches us and leaves us <laughs> dying on the vine talking about soccer. Well, I was watching the Man U game the other day. Chelsea. And they lost to Tottenham, the Hotspurs, out of Tottenham in the Champions League. And it was quite an upset. Right-o. Old job. Man U was an 86% chance winner, but Tottenham with Ev- uh, Harry Kane is uh, upset them in the Champions League. I, I did hear that that happened on the pitch. It was on the pitch. You guys aren't talking about soccer. You're talking about cricket. You've got your wrong English sport. <laughs> Nobody talks about Oh my God, those things are good. All right. I haven't figured it out, by the way. All right, Trent. So, but next. I we, know exactly what those are. We opened the pack, and my initial thought chow down on one of those bad boys. I'm going to do the uh, fancy chef smell it first. Okay, you're not going to chew it up and spit it out, are you? No, no I Where's will. Where's uh, Dave Shabazz? Yeah, How can we do this without Dave? Spit the yeah, no, but we see we'll make him eat the whole bag. He's probably never had an Oreo. <laughs> He's definitely not had a mystery Oreo. So, well, there was one time in the 90s when he date. No, I'm sorry. I will say, all right, so what are we thinking, fellas? What do I, these bad boys taste like? They taste like a cereal. I want to see if Trent agrees with me. Yeah, so I agree exactly. When we opened them up, the first thing I did was it smells like Fruity Pebbles. They and smell then, like and taste like Fruity Pebbles to me. I think I'm going to go with Fruity Pebbles as well. And I would know because Fruity Pebbles are my jam. Is that your jammy jam? Oh, brother. Let me tell you something. You get all stupid with Fruity Pebbles like I get stupid with the Pops. Man, me, my, the roof of my mouth is, just ain't right for two weeks after I get up into some Pops. I, man, I love Pops. But let me tell you about Fruity Pebbles. Okay. So in the Army, 20 years in the Army. I spent 20 years doing some really cool things in some really cool places. And... You know, the meal's ready to eat. We could do a week's worth of shows about MREs and my stories with regard to those. But 
once you get somewhere in the Army and you're set up, at least back in the day, back in my day, the first thing that would happen is your dining facility would start serving breakfast. Mm -hmm. Well, the first step in that would be to give the little mini boxes of cereal. Well, the provider for the year that I was in Bosnia, living in the snow, the worst year of my life. Oh, no. <laughs> Kellogg's was the exclusive provider of breakfast cereal mm -hmm. to the United States Army. So for the first nine months probably that we were in Bosnia, we had little Kellogg's variety boxes. I love those. And oh. how many times were the the cornflakes, the frosted cornflakes or whatever they were in that box, that just gets left after you kill the Diggum Smacks, the Pops, the uh, chocolate Choco Krispies or whatever they are, maybe the Fruit Loops, but then you got these cornflakes that are just left behind. What do you do with all those? Well, that's one of the problems is that they came and you had the same amount of cereal in each one of them and they were broken out and it wasn't like an equal amount of Frosted Flakes and Fruit Loops and cornflakes. Who, When given those three options, who in the heck wants cornflakes. No. Just regular cornflakes. And you're talking about people living in the snow and the dirt in a third world country. It's not like I've just got easy access to load my cornflakes up with sugar. Mm -mm. So I'm going to I'm going to need those frosted flakes. Thank you very much. Now, to my point though, we had Kellogg's breakfast cereals exclusively for probably 8 or 9 months. And for years leading up to that, anytime I'd been in the field in a real situation in the army it was kellogg cereal mm -hmm. somewhere some way about nine months into this deployment we got a shipment of post cereals mm. i was gonna say fruity pebbles isn't a kellogg's that's fruit loops yeah so one shipment we get this cereal and i ran a ration supply point so we had Cases and cases of pallets of post cereal come in, and it was like, I don't know, figuring out what was in the suitcase in Pulp Fiction. It was one of those moments. It mm. was like, oh my gosh. And we thought, this is awesome. You know, we finally get it switched up. So we've got these pallets of cereal, and our obvious thought is, well, we're going to get post cereals from now on. And let me tell you something you'll see grown men Fight. fighting over Fruity Pebbles. Because there were only, in a case of them, there were only two or three boxes of Fruity Pebbles, which doesn't make any sense post. Fix that. But we're like, yes, cool, awesome. Post cereals, no more Kellogg's. And then the next shipment comes in and it's all Kellogg's again. So we're here and we have these boxes and boxes of post cereals. And it was like baseball cards. Hmm. It was a scarcity thing. You want to make something more valuable you know, don't let people have it. So you were like red in the Shawshank Redemption. Yes, <laughs> exactly like that. Get so, busy, get busy eating fruity pebbles, or get busy dying. Well, here's the thing: is at that point when people figured out that post thing was like somebody pressed the wrong button. Ah. Now you had your your hands on a limited edition, you know, jersey signature card. Because there were no more coming. And that became the currency of the Army 
in Bosnia in 1995 and 96. So it went from Marlboro to <laughs> yeah. Well, by that cereal. point, by I'll that point, you, uh, you could actually. I mean, you could get to a place and get cigarettes. So yeah. We went from breakfast. We're, we're talking about all the vices. Aren't know. Fruity Pebbles just the middles of Fruit Loops punched out? Isn't that all that is? Well, they're two different companies. So here's the problem. Okay, this is a, Nabri- a Nabisco brand. Yes. The okay. Oreos. The Oreos. Fruity Pebbles is Post. Fruit Loops is Kellogg's. They're not owned by the same company. Nabisco is owned by Kraft. Kraft owns General Mills. General Mills makes... Tricks is for kids. Nice, it's tricks. It's tricks. Trent's done it, and I was gonna say that's why you're the professor. That's why you're the professor because I was like, we need to like look at the entomology of these businesses and figure out which one of these fruit. And that's why when you were talking about Bosnia, I was googling everything. I figured it was either. What if Trent Poster pulled up his or, sleeve and he had a tattoo of the Tricks rabbit? Dude, I think he does. Oh no, wait, that's Groucho Marx. Yeah. But I was—I assumed I had forgotten Tricks. Those are Tricks flavored. Fifty thousand bucks, Nabisco. The jig is up. We figured you out. Everybody out there. Go ahead and enter your chance to win fifty thousand dollars, and it's a good thing they didn't be like guessing. We'll give you fifty grand. No, it's guessing. We'll give you a chance to win fifty grand. Yeah, but we're blowing it up. We know what the flavor is. Is you said you had heard it tasted like something? Was that what you heard it? So it yeah, when I was like? in the grocery store, the the young lady checking me out, she goes, "Oh, <laughs> so you're gonna get a pack of these? Have you had them yet?" And I said, "No, I haven't." And she um. It's actually real cute. She's real young, and she goes, I'm waiting for my big check, and then I'm going to spring for these. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh. oh you should have bought her a pack. I probably should have given her some of those. But uh, anyway, long story short, <laughs> she goes, hey, I've heard they taste like Fruit Loops. Well, nobody else was smart enough to go Trent Nichols. He and went look it all up. like. So you're right. With a candlestick in the library on that. Like, the game is afoot Sherlock Holmes on the Oreo, Mystery Oreos. Well, we blew it up, and I hope Nabisco I, – I, Tim, we didn't do anything illegal, did we? Okay, because I want to make sure we haven't, you know. Tim just looked This up, segment's like, been brought listening. to you by Nabisco. The Keebler Elves are coming to your house. Not really, but maybe we could extort Nabisco. Yeah. Yeah, I'm digging that. What yeah, kind let's of drugs, make that phone call. What kind of drugs is that rabbit on, though? <laughs> Tricks is for kids. <laughs> He's like on. <laughs> of all the things you've ever done in here, that's the funniest thing you've ever done. He <laughs> oh my god! I think that Trix is eating one too many W's. <laughs> so we were talking about coaches on hot seats before yeah. we started talking about cookies, hmm. and we can't have this conversation without talking about the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. <sighs> I haven't looked to see how many coaches they've had since they came back into league. Was it in 99, Trent? I believe so. It was in 99. I think, I'm not 100% certain, so don't quote me on that. I think since 99, they have had 73 head coaches. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I think it's 73. I think I, that's the count. Actually, they've rolled out their own mystery Oreo, and it tastes like cow chips. <laughs> Available uh, only in Northeast Ohio. I think it's. T- <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle it. We can't do this. I think it tastes like the lake. 
All right, you're listening to two from the cheap seats on WDCC. We got 15 minutes left with you guys. Follow us on over to the web. You can find us in the iTunes podcast app. Uh, if you're listening on WBLZ, tighten your seatbelts. Um, you can listen to us on your phone while you're in the grocery store going to buy your Mr. Oreos nice. and enter to win because I'm sure you'll confirm they taste just like tricks. Kristen Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back from the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert. My two food connoisseur, my cookie connoisseur brothers are here with me. We have decided that the mystery Oreos taste like tricks. Nabisco, you're going to have to try a little harder than that. Um, I was expecting them to taste like, I don't know, loaded nachos. Or, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, think about it. That's... uh, if you Sardines. could make an Oreo that tasted like one thing, what would it be? Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with the perfect thing, bro. Trent. I, how do I follow that up? <laughs> You don't, man. Spaghetti I guess. and meatballs. Like, I mean, even but you know, Oreo... what if they crossed them up? What if they were like, it's an Oreo that tastes like wheat thins, a Nilla wafer. <laughs> I want mine to taste like a Keebler elf. They'll be rolling mm, whatever out. Whatever that is. Like, that was... this Oreo tastes like a Chips Ahoy chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> Never mind that it looks just like a chocolate chip cookie. Take our word for it. It's an Oreo. <laughs> better yet. Better yet. The mystery Oreo tastes like the lemon Oreo. Except it's not the same color. <laughs> you know what would have really messed everyone up? If there was nothing different about it. If it was just normal. And then... They were like, <laughs> maybe Jameis Winston. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but you just put into it. This is a mystery flavor, Look, and it's just normal. Jameis Winston, I think, <laughs> had it backwards. You thought he was eating W's. He was really eating M's. It was those mystery Oreos, dude, oh, okay. and he was confused. 
Imagine him trying to explain that back, though. Like, because in see what had happened is that is an M, and, and I am like Chris. You I didn't don't... have to. Who's got time to game plan when I'm trying to figure out what the mystery Oreo is? <laughs> I don't have time to watch film. I got too many of these M's to eat. No, W. Now his name is Jameis Instant. Wow, because <laughs> he ate his W. <laughs> I tell you what, though. Hey, Mi- Jameis, the mystery is is that you have to get the ball into this thing called the end zone. End Let me zone. solve that for you. But uh, you know, Cleveland Ooh. Browns, <laughs> Cleveland Browns, you were hitting on them. Isn't it funny how? And you said it was a real thing with Sam Darnold, basically draft dodging <laughs> if he's going to end up on the. Cleveland Browns, which is hilarious. That Joker is trying to. Uh, there are rumors coming out of USC that Sam Darnold is trying to oh. get into the California Air National Guard <laughs> so that he can't be drafted. No, Sam Darnold's got a couple years of eligibility left, and there are rumors coming out of California that Sam Darnold will not enter the draft if Cleveland's picking number one. Now, this is not unprecedented. We were talking about Eli Manning earlier, and Eli, remember Eli told the told the San Diego Chargers, don't do it. Yeah. Don't pull the trigger. Don't draft me because I'm not coming. You remember that? Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. Um, it's John not Elway. The same, it's not the same. Kobe, did it to Baltimore. Kobe Bryant more or less did, this, did the same thing. It's like, you can draft me, but I'm not going to play for the Hornets. You're going to have to trade me for Vladi Divac. <laughs> I wondered where that was going because <laughs> I was like, I don't remember Kobe doing that. But no, nah, that's, Co- that's Kobe interesting. Was going to get drafted wherever he got drafted. Sure, he was. But as soon as he got drafted by the Hornets, he was like, Nah, I'm not playing there. I hated him for that's a not, long time. That's like that. not what happened. That's yeah, exactly no, what that's happened. That's what happened. You're making that. Up. That's exactly what happened, dude. You need to go back and look. <laughs> Who at the would history not want to play in Charlotte? <laughs> so um, nine. Cleveland's had nine in 16 years of being back a franchise. Nine in 16 years. And since Marty Schottenheimer left. They've had 16 coaches, and that was the last time they were actually relevant was Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah, and that includes the Bill Belichick era. Even yep. Belichick couldn't succeed Poor in Cleveland. M- Marty Schottenheimer got such a raw deal by the NFL. Like, I mean, the Chiefs – I mean, that deal was – I mean, I don't want to get down this Marty Schottenheimer rabbit hole. Well, we're there. We're, we're tricks are, It's a kids. tricks rabbit hole. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, he, he would bring these – Teams to a certain level, kind of like Marvin Lewis did with the Bengals. Jim Mora, um, same guy. But and he was sustained. What was the year he won fourteen games? San Diego, and got San fired. Diego, and got fired. Yeah, but he couldn't win in the playoffs. The big he is Dusty Baker. He's Sorry. Dusty Baker. Yep. He's Jim Mora. He's. I mean, there's plenty of guys that have done playoffs. That. Playoffs. That is playoffs. Poor Paul Brown, though. He was the original coach of the Cleveland Browns and, like, won. He only lost, like, eight games his whole time. And now, like, Paul Brown, one of the icons of the NFL, and now the Browns have been horrid. Jim Brown wouldn't even play for these Browns. Jim Brown couldn't save him. Brian Sipe couldn't save him. Otto Graham couldn't save him. This team can't get out of its own way. You were talking about that, and people don't even know a lot of folks, casual football fans, don't even know that the Cleveland Browns are named for Paul Brown. Mm-hmm. Paul Brown, who had been at Ohio State, was an icon. 40-yard dash. 
created by Paul Brown. Really? Wow. Yes. Oh, I mean, they're, they're innovation after innovation after innovation. The West Coast offense, Paul Brown invented that. Um, the Browns were named for Paul Brown. He was the founder. Then the Modell family forced him out. And he kind of stepped away for a little bit and then decided he was going to start a pro franchise, settled on Cincinnati as the home for it, and created the Cincinnati Bengals as an, as an AFL team. Huh. He was the founder, the head coach, Hence the owner. Paul Brown Field. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, the, the Brown family still owns yeah. the, the, the Bengals, for better or for worse. His well, maybe might. that's the curse. They have to exercise that curse in Cleveland of screwing over Paul Brown. Um, That could be it. Could be it. Um, it could just be that Jimmy Haslam and the ownership there are a bunch of idiots and don't know what they're doing. And the, what they did when they pressed, pressed this most recent reset button was they brought in Sashi Brown and they brought in a bunch of analytics guys. And they looked at it and said, well, look what baseball did with analytics and the way it, it, it's shaped, the way they scout and they build their teams. And they've got these analytics guys, a bunch of you know eggheads. The football guys in the organization, it's well-documented, don't like them. Mm-hmm. So you've got Hugh Jackson and his faction within the within the, the framework of the team. You've got Sashi Brown and his numbers crunchers over there, you know, buying the groceries for these guys. They obviously don't get along. So let's walk this back to what happened last week because in a flurry of activity – There were a lot of punchlines thrown around about it, but there wasn't any good coverage that I saw nationally with regard to this. So, Hugh Jackson, who is an egomaniac and got himself run out of Oakland as the head coach there after, you know, he actually showed signs of getting that team back to relevancy, uh, wanted to take – he wanted charge of everything. He wanted to be the GM. He wanted control of personnel, and Oakland was like, yeah, it's not going to happen. So he ends up back with Cincinnati, gets hired by Cleveland two years ago, comes in there and immediately recognizes not going to get along with these front office guys. They go, nobody will ever know until there's a memoir written who decided to pass on Carson Wentz and then who the following year traded out of the pick to pick Deshaun Watson. They've settled on Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser, they took in the second round of the draft this year and anointed him finally their starting quarterback, and then he wasn't, and then he was again, and then he wasn't, and then they pull him out of games, and they are killing this kid's psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is one, there are two ways to groom and create your franchise quarterback. One is to throw him in and take your lumps. Peyton Manning had one of the worst quarterbacking years in history his rookie season. Mm-hmm. He's a Hall of Famer. Troy Aikman went 1-15 as a rookie, and he didn't even play in the one game that they won that year. He was hurt, and Steve Walsh came in and beat the Redskins on Monday night. So Troy Aikman, 0-15, and every bit as bad as he sounds in his first year as a quarterback. Throw those guys in, let them take their lumps. The other way is to sit the guy and let them learn and groom them behind somebody that can be the caretaker for your Club. Yeah. I mean, Look at Matt, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers spent 15 years sitting on the bench behind Favre. And Matt Hasselback, who went on to quarterback for the um, the Seahawks, played behind or held the clipboard for Brett Favre. Yep. Tony Romo. And, and the guys that we're talking about, you know, like I said, one of two ways to do it. What you don't do is put the kid in there 
and have him looking over his shoulder because you're going to yank him out of games. Mm-hmm. Well, everything's going to be all right in Cleveland because Josh Gordon's coming back week 13 after not have, have not played a game since 2014. He should not have any rust. Look. Well, it, it's going to be all right because – Chris predicted that Hugh Jackson will be the next coach of the Bengals. I did predict that. He did. And I stand by that prediction because the Brown family likes familiarity. Hugh Jackson had a deal in place to be the next coach Mm -hmm. of the Bengals. The Bengals didn't want to put it in writing. But to carry on about this Hugh Jackson situation, Hugh Jackson wanted Jimmy Garoppolo during the offseason. He wanted the franchise to trade for him. Don't know how far those discussions got, but it didn't happen. Coming up on the trade deadline last week, the Browns and Hugh Jackson in his part of the front office pounded the drum. We want to get Garoppolo. We want to get Garoppolo. Well, Garoppolo gets traded to San Francisco for a number two, which really is a number one because it'll be the first or second pick in the second round. I'll finish that chain for you on the other side. You're listening from the cheap seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Trent Nichols. Hope you're enjoying this as much as we are doing it. Uh, This segment has been brought to you by the letter A, the number six, and Nabisco's Mystery Oreos. Go get some. They taste just like It would have been the W, but it's gone. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the cheap seats. Welcome back to the second hour. Thanks for making the trip over to the internet with us if you were uh, listening on WDCC. WBLZ, strap it in. We got another hour to go. We're going to talk uh, some more NFL. We'll talk about a little bit of uh, NCAA football, try to make some sense of the playoff picture. But hey, Maybe just a little quick. bit of NBA, too. And uh, I think there may be some more um, food challenges coming in here. I don't know. We were, we're going to hit the NBA, home? I guess, later. But y'all are talking about the Celtics run, which reminded me of something. I have a little problem that I need fixing. You know, I had a birthday here in the last couple of weeks, right? Yes. When's my birthday? Do you remember? October 26th. October 27th. Ooh. You were close. So close. So there's a guy in the NBA that only averages about 8.8 points more than I do, (laughs) who shares the same birthday. And I told Chris that because of who he is, the overhyped punk he is, Oh, come on, man. That's strong. That I was going to change my birthday, but nah, man. If he, if Lonzo Ball is only scoring 8.8 points more than me per night, he's changing his birthday. 
He was born on October 27th. My goodness. But this guy's going to win an NBA championship. Isn't that what his daddy said? He's going to – Magic said he's going to take all my records. Well, he, Is he might play win a championship when LeBron goes over there and scores 60 a night next year. Well, I just want to – I want to drop something on you here because my birthday is January 31st. Mm-hmm. You're stuck with Lonzo Ball. I've got Nolan Ryan, Ooh. Jackie Robinson, wow. and Justin Timberlake. Bow! Wow. Get Pretty on that. Impressive. He just bought, he brought sexy back. <laughs> he did. January 31st. And that was huh? Nolan Ryan. Yeah, Nolan Ryan and I Bring share a birthday, so that's pretty cool. Like, If I'm not mistaken, Nolan Ryan is exactly 20 years older than me. How does uh, Robin Ventura feel about all that? Dude, that's – well, you know, Robin (laughs) Ventura rolled out there and got his ass whooped by, you know, an old man. Dude, let me tell you something. I told you earlier that I was watching the Bengals-Jags game. And if you want to know why Marvin Lewis needs to be fired, you saw it with A.J. Green out there. He's obviously done frustrated, whatever. Jalen Ramsey and him were jawing at each other the entire game. And over something relatively innocuous, Jalen Ramsey comes over, pushes him. A.J. Green, who is one of the coolest people on the planet, doesn't ever get too high, doesn't ever get too low, just does his thing. Grabbed Jalen Ramsey around the neck, flipped him over and started throwing punches. Mm -hmm. Now, that's one thing. You know, because there's every once in a while I look across the table and I'm like, I'd like to snatch Trent up and throw some bees at him. Wow. But here's the thing. This is this is this will tell you how frustrated AJ Green is with life in general. This dude is a wide receiver who yeah. uses his hands. Mm. Don't they pay helmet. his bills? Mm-hmm. And he's punching Jalen Ramsey's helmet. Not a good look, dude. Dude, don't do that. And. He- Granted. Do some kicks. Throw some kicks in there. Well, at one point during the little skirmish, I thought he was going to start kicking him. But that Bengals team is punched out. Marvin Lewis, do the right thing. Get up out of there. Mike Brown, get him out of there. I know he's not the only problem, but they need to clean house. Back to the Houston conversation that we were having on the other side. Sashi Brown versus Hugh Jackson, which is what it's kind of come down to. Hugh Jackson and his guys wanted Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo ends up going to San Francisco for a two. Hugh Jackson, who was part of the mentoring process with A.J. McCarron over there in Cincinnati. A.J. McCarron sitting behind Andy Dalton, you know, won a couple of games for him, has looked good and all of that, knows Hugh Jackson's system. Hugh Jackson and his contingent wanted to go get A.J. McCarron. Yeah, I heard their fax machine didn't work right. Well, it was something like that. Here's what really happened. The Browns had a deal in place with the Bengals for a two and a three, which is an exorbitant amount for A.J. McCarron. I'm not going to lie. They came to an agreement with the Bengals. Everything was good. They had five minutes. It was 3.55 Eastern time on trading deadline day. They had till 4 o'clock to notify the league office. Contrary to popular belief, There is no paperwork involved in a transaction like this. So the whole, they didn't get the paperwork to the league office is wrong. That's not how this works. Most times when there is a trade consummated, there is no paperwork that goes to the league office until weeks later. This is a telephone thing. 
The Bengals-Browns strike the deal. The Bengals notify the league office, hey, we've got this deal with the Browns. The only thing that's required after that is that the Browns also acknowledge with the league office and tell them, yes, we have exactly the same trade in place. The league office says, boom, you're good to go. Well, the Browns celebrated. And I don't know that there was any champagne popped or whatever, but they're high-fiving one another. They sent a written agreement to the Bengals and didn't call the league office. Mm-hmm. Now, that's one thing. And it is, it's not forgivable. It's so Cleveland. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's so Cleveland. It's not forgivable. But what they did after that shows how busted this franchise is. They filed a, compl- a, a protest with the NFL and said, hey, look, we had sent a paper copy of the trade with our signatures on it to Cincinnati, we thought they were going to send it to the league office, which is silly because, again, there is no paper involved in a situation like this when it comes to notifying the league office. It's all telephonic. They they reconcile the paperwork after the fact. But Cleveland files a protest with the league and says, hey, you know, we did this in good faith. This is a technicality. We want this deal done. And the NFL says, what, Brandon? Uh-uh. No. Go eat a W. So they go through all these machinations. <laughs> I just called that. Go eat a W. <laughs> go, over to Jam- go over to Jameson's house. He'll be starving. So the Cleveland Browns at that point have screwed this up. They filed a complaint. Then they move into spin control. And they say, well, we didn't really have a deal in place with the Bengals. That was one of the stories that came out. Then another story through their embedded reporter with the franchise was, well, we had the deal in place, but we expected the Bengals to notify the league on our behalf because they had signed copies of our paperwork. Then there's other sides of it to come out and say, well, you know, we we didn't want to do this deal. We were split and we rethought it. Wait a minute. Shut up. You can't file a protest with the league. And then say, (laughs) ah, we had changed our mind. We didn't want to do this anyway. You know, had they had this and they said, oh, we got buyer's remorse. We're not going to do this. At some point between 3.55 and 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock came and they were like, oh, shucks. But you can't come back in, go through the whole protest. That just indicates how busted that franchise is. And it's run by a busted family, the Haslams, who own the Triple J franchise, got popped by the FBI a couple years ago for defrauding truck drivers and trucking companies with their gas prices. It's awful. It's the worst. Then then I thought the Browns were getting lucky because A.J. McCarron has filed a grievance against the Bengals, but it has something to do from when his rookie clock um, started. And if he wins this grievance... He just becomes an unrestricted free agent, so he can go anywhere he w- wants to go. And you don't think he'd be signing in Cleveland, right? Uh, no. <laughs> well, the deeper thing is, if there's that tension between Hugh Jackson's collaborate and the other part, the analytics guys, maybe the analytics guys are like, we're going to poo-poo this because Hugh Jackson ain't going to be here. Why are we going to invest in this quarterback that's unproven we'll get our own guy in. That's Oh, that's exactly one of the, one of the ways this might have gone down. Because this this may have been shanghai from within. 
And then Hugh Jackson will be lucky because he has A.J. McCarron next year in Cincinnati to compete with Dalton. Well, he may or may not have A.J. Well, McCarron. Of that, no. yeah. Well, and, and yeah. it's funny because the stories came out at the same time with regard yeah. to McCarron filing a grievance against Cincinnati. And one would think he filed a grievance against Cincinnati for entertaining <laughs> trading him to Cleveland where quarterbacks go to die. But that's not what happened. When he came out of Alabama, he had a sore arm. And when Cincinnati got their hands on him and they drafted him, they brought him into camp, and his arm it was, it wasn't going to work out. But he they, he did pass his post-draft physical. Though. Yeah, it wasn't structural-type stuff. But right. he was obviously – and he actually came out and trashed Saban a little bit. And that was a big deal with Alabama fans because you don't, you don't go calling out Coach Saban. Mm-hmm. But he basically said that Nick Saban had run him into the ground like a college pitcher. Yeah. You know, those guys come and they've got a tired arm. That's basically what he said was he'd been overworked and his arm was – well, and what he was trying to do, you got to you got to understand where A.J. McCarron comes from. A.J. McCarron thinks a whole lot of himself. And, you know, who can argue with it? National championship quarterback, married to Miss Alabama or whatever. I mean, he's living a charmed life. He's got some really stupid tattoos. If you don't believe me, go Google But A.J. McCarron – during the draft process, one of the reasons he fell down draft boards was that he told people he oh, felt he like was, he was the number one quarterback mm-hmm. in the draft. He was a first-round draft pick, and they're looking at tape, and they're like, ah. Well, one of the problems was arm strength, and that was the thing that made the rounds, was his attitude and his arm strength. Well, his answer with the arm strength was, well, you know, my arm is stronger than it shows, but I was, you know, I got overworked. I wasn't managed properly, whatever, and he called save it out. A lot of people in Alabama didn't like that. The Bengals, though, looked at it. Now, understand where the Bengals were at. They had Andy Dalton as an established quarterback. A.J. McCarron wasn't going to get any reps, wasn't going to get any time. They stuffed him on injured reserve. However, Bengals are no dummies when it comes to managing this type of stuff. They put him on the non-football injury list because the injury occurred before they got him, mm-hmm. which – they used to justify that. A.J. McCarron at the time didn't make a fuss about it, went on there, cashed his game checks, got paid. to not. He didn't even have to come on and hold a clipboard because he wasn't able to suit up. So a year on NFI, then he rolls in, he's active, and he becomes the active backup for the last three years. Well, at some point, his people figured it out because the conversation's been going on with Bengal fans quietly for a long time. That year on the NFI list doesn't count as a year of service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as being on injured reserve. So now he's at the end of his fourth year and should be eligible for unrestricted free agency at the end of the year. However, comma, because he was on NFI for a year, he only has three years accrued service, which means that he would only be eligible for restricted free agency. Now here's the problem. He's filed a grievance, and it's been a while since this grievance was put together. It's just now getting headlines that the NFLPA filed this on his behalf. The NFL has to make they, – they have a couple decisions their arbitrator can make. One, they could say, yes, you going on the NFI list was, was not appropriate, and you're a free agent. The other thing would be to say the Bengals were right. Here's the problem. If you say the Bengals were not justified to do that – the Bengals lose the opportunity to have secured him to a real contract during restricted free agency. 
You're coming back and doing this after the fact. If the NFLPA wanted to get wanted to be involved in this, this grievance needed to be filed at least a year ago. But the NFLPA, who kind of like the Cleveland Browns, never gets it right, has bungled this again because now you're putting the league in a, in a horrible situation if they set a precedent like this. We'll see how this all rides out. And we're really talking about the future of a backup quarterback. But the difference in what he's going to get next year and what he would get to go start for somebody. Mm-hmm. Because you've got C.J. Beathard playing in the NFL now as a starting quarterback. So there obviously is a market for a guy like McCarron. You're talking about tens of millions of dollars difference. And he wants to go start somewhere. So that's what the grievance so is So doesn't about. it open the door for the NFL to put player uh, teams, to put players on the non-injury <clears throat> They got to prove it. You, yeah, you have to be able to show that it was not related to anything that had to do with the team, and and that's what I'm saying. It did. He is on record. His, they're going to have a hard time making this case because he was in the press as much as anybody saying my arm's just not right. You know, when we were making that national championship run at Alabama, I was taking all those reps. I'm hurting. You can't come out and say that, and then after the fact, be like, oh, I don't, I don't know. It wasn't wasn't Alabama stuff that hurt me. I got hurt playing for the Bengals. So we'll see. We'll continue. Let's talk about some NCAA on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats on WBLZ or on the podcast. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on, Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. For those of you that don't know, yes, I would pet that tiger cub. I'm not going to lie. I would actually probably adopt that tiger cub and bring it home with me. And I know we've been running that PSA for six months, and you and I always talk about it. And that's It, it, it makes me cry. I mean, He-Man time. had a tiger. Right? That turned out all right. He is a Bengals fan. Yeah, yeah. but... He-Man's Tiger was green, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And good job, Geico, for rocking that new commercial with He-Man and yeah. the rest of them. Were you guys were you guys He-Man fans when you were kids? You guys yep. are a couple years younger than me. I had everything. Nice. I had the uh the the uh, castle and all the guys, everybody. See, He-Man marked a it, it marked the end of the innocence for me because I was just about a year too old to be playing with action figures and things like that. So my brother got all the He-Man stuff, and I got clothes. I can distinctly remember (laughs) one Christmas when I got a hair dryer, a blow dryer for Christmas. Nice. (laughs) Which, you know, I was at that point where I was, you know, having to actually, like, focus on grooming and stuff like that. And my brother got all He-Man and G.I. Joe stuff, and I was like, a hair dryer. That's awesome. And I got, yeah, I actually had that hair dryer for probably about 15 years. 
but I was very disappointed in that way every kid is at some point when they transition from cool toys yeah. to See, toys. I always thought there's it seems like with every cartoon or anything series, there's all this one always one weaker character. Like you're like, mm, I could have done without him. For me it was Man at Arms. Man but at Arms was pretty lame. He was lame, but He Man had to deal with it because it was Shearer's Shearer's dad, right? So he had to kind of keep him around. Am I wrong? Was Am it Shearer's dad? Yes. Was I'm gonna not go when yet. she was not when she became Shearer, but the the pre Shearer yes. female. Yeah, I I think you're correct on that. For me, the one that I had no use for in that was Ram Man. Oh, he was the character. Everybody else had, you know, the fully flexible joints and all that stuff. And they were like next level because up to that point, it was sort of, you know, right angle hinged joints. And these guys came out and they looked really cool. And then Ram Man was like, didn't move. He just had a spring loaded thing yeah, and could like, like bounce him. his head off stuff. And no use for that. Not um, that I played with them because they were all my brother's toys. No, nah, I rocked some He-Man. Man. Who, is, who is your favorite He-Man character? T. Nichols. <sighs> I really liked Skeletor. Skeletor a lot. was dope. Yeah, but I think I lost all his accessories, so he was just like bare chested in the Skeletor. Well, he was out natural. Yeah. That's cool. Brandon. Um. And what was the cat's name? What was He Man's cat's name? Uh, Battle Cat. Battle Cat. Into, there you go, Battle Cat. When he turned into. Um, I don't know. I kind of like. Beast Man. He yes. was kind of simple, stupid, but always stirring up the pot. And, you know, he'd basically whoop up on most until He-Man came around and then Yeah, He-Man had just come in. He was like he was like WrestleMania. He was like the Undertaker coming out. You know, everybody could have their fun and beat up on each other and all the rest of that. But when the Undertaker comes out for the Royal Rumble He's just going to clean house. See, those were the toys that drove me nuts as a kid. When we were growing up, the WWF wrestling dolls were like plastic and you couldn't move them. So some of the guys, you couldn't even do any of the wrestling moves because they were just stuck. Well, and then when He-Man started rolling out some, I guess it had gotten a little stale and they rolled out new characters. Where they jumped the shark was when they came out with Fisto. All he did was have a big metal fist, fist. that he hurled at people. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, He-Man's just jumped the shark. But now, if I remember, wasn't Fisto, wasn't it a spring-loaded fist that would actually shoot Maybe on the, the character? I what, think it was. Okay. I, it might have. I might be wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure. I had those and all the little G.I. Joe dolls, the guys that were like. Oh, you know G.I. Joe. Now, who was, who was your? Who Gung was Ho your, was my Gung Ho? go-to guy. Who? Which one? In uh, G.I. Joe, Gung Ho. Oh, he had that tattoo of the anchor, and I'm no, thinking mine, mine was rock and roll. He yeah? was the sixty gunner, and he was one of the he was one of the OG G.I. Joe dolls. My yeah. guy was uh, Snake Eyes. Oh Snake yeah, Eyes. Snake Eyes was cool. Um, speaking about going back in time, if we were able to go back in time, last little bit of NFL before we hit college football, but if you could go back in time and bet on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. You might be cooking with gas because off season they were sixty-five to one odds. They have now just passed the, the Patriots odds? sixty-five to one. Wow! Now they are just past the Patriots. They're four to one odds to win it all. Patriots Damn. seven to two. Woo. Well, and you know what puts and, them over the top to to 
go to that four and one. First of all, they're playing great football, and Carson Wentz is next level. Um, you know, with a small college quarterback, you're always taking a chance. Those guys don't pan out more often than they do. Wentz looks like the real deal. Mm-hmm. Jay Ajayi going from the Dolphins to the Eagles for a fourth round pick. Come on, man. And I had I benched him because they said they weren't going to use him much. Well, and they didn't so use him much. They used yeah, him just enough. Yeah, but he ran off a 50-yard touchdown. Yeah, just enough to get 76 yards and a touchdown. Ajayi is a legit three-down bell cow back. Now, and if you're the, Ajayi and you hear that news, I mean, how does your oh soul God. feel right then and well, there? Yeah, well, wait a minute now. How does your soul feel? It could feel a couple of different ways. Because, yes, you're looking at Philly, who right now looks like a legit contender. But it's Philadelphia, dude. You're leaving South Beach. I don't know. Yeah, but I would go in there with a chip saying, dude, the Dolphins, they didn't appreciate yeah, but, me. They got well, they nothing don't. for me. But see, the I'm going to bust it, it up. Chris, and, and, I understand what you're talking about that. But these guys have access to jets. dude. You can you. be in South Beach in an hour and a half from Philly probably. Yeah, ask Odell. So I mean, I mean, mean they're it, on the beach on the te- boat right before the technology playoff. and the money in the games today has changed a lot of that. It'll allow for a LeBron James well, to play in Cleveland. Let's not know? get it twisted now. Ajayi's still on his rookie deal. He's not making a heck of a lot of money. I mean, he's making good money, but he's not. He's not like I got my own jet type money. But you're leaving Florida where there's no state tax. Mm-hmm. You're leaving South Beach. I don't know, man. Now. You have to think that one way or the other, this is his chance for a wake-up call. And and for those of you that don't know, the issues with Ajayi down in Miami, first of all, his production's off from this year where he went to the Pro Bowl as a rookie. Sitting on about 450 yards up to this point in the season. And he's got he's got some issues with his knee. So the knee has been sore, and he's been unable to practice and be a full go during the week, and Adam Gase felt like there were too many mistakes happening in the game that were attributable to him not being able to practice all the time. So that was number one. Second, by all accounts, he's a bit of a knucklehead. And his knuckleheadedness was starting to manifest itself. Now, Brandon, in the first hour, you made a point. We were talking about Dirk Cutter. You said Cutter, offensive genius, quarterback whisperer, cool name, blah, blah, blah. Adam Gase is the same guy. I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you that right now. I'm going to call it right now. I'm watching the things that are going on with that ball club. Ajayi, did did you see last night Indomitian Sue in the middle of the game mm-hmm. makes a play and then just walks off the field to the training room? Yep. Didn't stop and engage the trainers or anything. They had to chase him into the training room because he just was like, I'm out. Well, I'm hurt. But that's Sue. Sue would do that it, to Bilicek. Like, Sue is – how many times do you think he'd do it to Belichick? I mean, he'd do it about one, but he would do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's just a crazy person. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm going to tell you something I learned a long time ago. On the field. If you have to tell somebody more than once that you're in charge, you're not in charge. The inmates are running the asylum in Miami. I have no doubt of it. I can make that, and I may be completely wrong. Adam Gase may turn it around and, and, and be that guy. But too often we see these hotshot coordinators – who get the keys to the car and they're in over their head because game planning and all the rest of that is not being the chief executive that you talked about. And it's not being that primary leader. 
And in some situations, the relationships don't, they just don't work. You look at Ajayi and Adam Gase obviously couldn't get inside his head and motivate him to do things the way that he wanted them done. That doesn't mean that Adam Gase is a bad guy. It doesn't mean that Ajayi is a bad guy. It means that Gase couldn't find a way to get in, get his point across to Ajayi. I'm going to tell you, I spent, we were talking about army stuff in cereal earlier. I spent 20 years as a leader of men. In some situations, I had people work for me that I had no use for. Mm-hmm. We just were not going to see eye to eye. We made the best of that situation. And when we got away from one another, they went on to success. I went on to success. Other times, you know, those guys I didn't have any use for couldn't work for anybody. But in other cases, I had people who had been in a different situation and were failing and just <clears throat> couldn't, you know, couldn't do right. Can't get it came right. to work for me. And everything was fine. Trent, I'm sure you see it all the time where you've got somebody that's got a heck of a track record, a heck of a resume. They come to work for you and you're like, ah, this is not a good fit. And yep. vice versa. You know, you give somebody a chance and you're like, oh, my God, I love this 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 cat. Well, that's why I think, you know, you look at Dick LeBeau. He was a head coach. He's been in the NFL forever. He was a head coach for two years. For what team? Cincinnati Bengals. There you go. But he realized that, and I think the rest of the NFL – after that, he realized that he is an amazing coordinator. And maybe these Dirks and these Adam Gases are going to be amazing coordinators, but they're just not either ready or they're I, just – Well, and I can, I, I, I can tell you specifically – I can tell you specifically with LeBeau where the problem was. LeBeau, first of all, didn't know or care anything about the offensive side of the ball. He is one of the greatest defensive coordinators in the history of football, mm-hmm. period. The zone blitz – that's him. We'll we'll finish that thought on the other side. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Trent Nichols. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. All right, welcome back. You got the final half hour coming from the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and we are joined in studio. And I got to tell you what's going on here. I thought it was only appropriate since the very first place this show was on was WBCC, the college station over at Central Carolina Community College. I thought we were remiss for not having had a CCCC student come in here. And as I was looking at the landscape and thinking, who do I know at CC? I thought, I got the guy. I got Pennywise the Clown. (laughs) Seth Hoyle joins us in here, and he might be 
might be the number one fan of the show. Might be. There, there are many times during the day when Wednesday rolls out and the podcast hits and Seth texts me is like, y'all talking about this. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? <laughs> and he might, I, he might have had the first T-shirt from the cheap seats. Nice. So I think I did. Yeah. It's red. It's red. It was red. I remember nice. that. Nice. The Brandon's rocking one too. Brandon definitely did not get the first one. Brandon like. I don't know, beat around the bush for, I don't know, weeks before you got one. If you would like one of these first-class, grade-A, 100% genuine emu feather. Now, I guess it wouldn't be made out of emu feather. USDA. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if it's you want a mystery t-shirt. fabric. Well, here's what we'll do. We do get input, and we get emails, and we get texts from people, and oftentimes that that helps shape what the show is. But we're formally going to start reading emails on the air. Hmm. So if you want to have your voice heard, and what we'll do is we'll have Trent read the email in a voice that he thinks would sound like the, the person that sent it. How's that sound? Oh, I like it. You good? I like it. If we read your email on the air, we'll send you from the Cheap Seats t-shirt. How's that? Is that fair? Sounds great. You're digging it? So, cheapseatradio at gmail.com. That's cheapseatradio at gmail.com. If you want to weigh in, you want to tell us how bad we suck, whatever you want to do, if we read the email, and when I say we, I mean Trent, in your voice, doing it for you, Yeah, and we'll send you a t-shirt. Here's the deal. Don't bring some weak stuff in here because it'll determine the voice your email is read in. So, example. Oh, without a doubt. Without example. A doubt. So if it's strong as all get out, you might get a Darth Vader voice. What? If it's weak sauce, you might get Tricks the Rabbit. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So just think about that before you send anything in. Yeah, and look, you've got to you've got to send us email because if not, we'll end up talking about mystery Oreos for half an hour at a time. I don't know. Or how Dirt Cutter has a porn name. I I don't know. Well Ooh. let's let let's not Dirk. And Adam Gaze, let's give him a little time. Like, Cutter's got, you're trying to get him fired today. Look, Adam Gaze is in one situation. Dirk Cutter's in an entirely different situation. Cutter's got a quarterback that couldn't (laughs) throw birdseed to starving pigeons. Okay? Dude, he has a quarterback that couldn't shoplift snow crab sun legs or whatever the heck they're called. Look, Crab legs. I want to reset... The recording of him yelling while he was at Florida State, but I don't want to alienate all of our female viewers. What's funny to me is he said essentially the same thing Donald Trump said, but we've forgiven Jameis Winston. Trump, we keep hearing about what he said on the bus about where he was going to grab women. Jameis Winston, did he or did he not say exactly the same thing? No. And he actually stood on a table to say that. Trump... Thought he was having a candid conversation, thought he was being funny around a couple of guys. Whether he's, you know, whatever he is, that's one thing. It wasn't supposed to make the rounds. Jameis Winston stood on a table in the student union and yelled the same thing. All right, let's vote for him for president next go around then. <laughs> Look. He might eat the W. I was going to say, he's a, he's a cycle too late because if he was running against George W., let's eat that W. <laughs> How bad we people at right. home got to be sick of hearing so that. So hold on. Speaking of W's, who's who's in trouble in the college football 
playoff picture. The Big Ten. And whose, the whole conference. Whose name starts with the W that just Wisconsin just slid two spots in the rankings after remaining undefeated. I know the rankings at this time doesn't really matter because they're going to put. I fully expect um, by the time this show airs that Oklahoma will displace Clemson in the top four. It's going to happen tonight. I just have that feeling. And Clemson will be right there at five. There's a lot of football left to be played, but book it. Write it down. They're going to leapfrog Clemson, and Clemson's going to be on the outside looking in. I don't think so. I, I disagree with you. I think you're. I think you're discounting because you're blinded by that Carolina blue sweatshirt that you're wearing today. I think you're you're losing sight of how good NC State is. I, I don't think that the voters are going to hold that win against them. Yes, Oklahoma won Bedlam. Great. It, it wasn't even. It wasn't even something resembling college football. What I know, happened. but it doesn't matter what we think. It's what they think. Like NC State got beat by Notre Dame, who's sitting at number three, and they get beat by Clemson, who's sitting at number four. And at fourteen, they got bounced completely out of the top twenty-five after losing those two games. So it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what the voters think. I don't know. I you're you're acting as though Clemson beat the Sisters of Mercy this weekend, and that this win would somehow somehow be held against them. I, I just don't see that. And it's not as if Oklahoma went in there and beat the brakes out. Hell, Baker Mayfield tried to give the game away at the end through a late pick. And I, to me, honestly, watching that football game, I don't know if you watched any of the Oklahoma Oklahoma State game. Some of it. Seth, did you see any of that ball game? Uh, I saw part of the end. When oh. they showing it during the state game. Okay, so you saw the part where nobody was playing any defense, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that was the whole game because yeah, nobody played any defense in. ever. And you're talking about Oklahoma going in and playing a legit team, Oklahoma State, who at one point we had anointed national champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to the cheap seat curse came next. But Baker Mayfield, in the entire history of Oklahoma football, broke the single yardage, single game passing yardage record: five hundred and ninety-eight yards passing. There just is no defense in the Big Twelve. We used to say this about the Pac-12. To me, I'm looking at that and I'm like, yeah, no, no, I'm I not totally impressed. agree. No, I mean, it's a good win. Don't don't get it twisted. It's a good no, win. no Big Twelve team is gonna win. The playoff, even if they get in, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I just don't think they're going to be able to play enough defense at well, all, or any defense. I'm going to go on the record right now. Wisconsin is the team that everybody's sort of grumbling about right now. Yeah. Ohio State and Penn State both took their second loss this week. Okay, they're going to become one of those two teams. Most likely is going to be coming out of the East to play Wisconsin. Now, you also have Michigan State. Michigan State, they control their own destiny at this point. Mm -hmm. If they beat Ohio State and run the table, Michigan State gets in there. Big Ten officials have got to be ready to punch themselves in the eyeball if they end up with a Michigan State-Wisconsin championship game any year like this. Yeah. But one way or the other, here's the situation. Neither Penn State nor Ohio State is going into the national championship playoffs. No chance. Michigan State is not going into the national championship playoffs under any circumstances. I'm here to tell you, I know their schedule's garbage. 
I know that Professor Trent sat right there in that chair four or five months ago and said, Wisconsin's got a good chance to run the table and win a national championship. Yep. He was right. That schedule's garbage. Wisconsin, if they run the table and they beat whomever in the Big Ten championship game and they end the, they end the season 13-0, and they are – 100% guaranteed, without fail, going to the national championship playoff. Period. And, and Wisconsin right now, strength of schedule-wise, they have a – strength of the schedule, they have a higher ranking than Alabama, Notre Dame, Georgia, and the only team that's even close to them is Washington. There you go. Wisconsin, if they go undefeated, is going to get in. If that was the, their strength of schedule? As of right now after last weekend. I can't think of one person, one team that they've played that have. Well, the problem is, is they haven't had any bunnies. Right. No, they don't have a win over a top 15, top 20 type program. Well, the selection but committee But they did beat Iowa. And the, Iowa now is, what, 6-3 and three with a win over Ohio State. As the Big Ten beats up on each other, that Wisconsin schedule gets a little bit bigger. But the bottom line is you've got five Power Five conferences. In the last couple of years, the Big 12 had the fact that they did not have a championship game held against them a little bit. Right. Big Ten's not that issue. This is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to go. If the, if the setup right now allows one of these Power Five conference teams to go undefeated – and win an outright conference championship and leaves them out, scrap the whole damn system. I agree with you, but as we sit here right now, they're not the best team in the country. They're not in the top six or seven teams and best teams in the country. Who is? Who's the best team in the country? Uh, Well, Alabama's better. Wait Um, a minute. Trent just told you Alabama's strength of schedule is worse than Wisconsin. So how do you say that? Because you look and say – Kirk Herbstreet says Alabama should be number one in the playoff picture because they they look and should be better than everybody else. So shouldn't we just – Kirk Herbstreet's not on the committee. Shouldn't we just scrap the whole system and name Alabama the champion every year? Okay, wait a minute. You're really – You know I'm being sarcastic. I know you are. You're citing an ESPN talking head – those talking heads all conspire to have different viewpoints because if they all got up and said the same thing, what would happen to them, Seth? They wouldn't have a job. That's right. Well, why do we need six guys in here when we got one guy who's going to say what's really going on? Yes, Alabama, when you look at them, when you look and you're like, yeah, that's probably the best team in the country. Yeehaw. Georgia, I mean, Georgia is the best team in the country. They only lost to Notre – or they only beat Notre Dame by one point, and that gives Notre Dame a heck of a lot more street cred right now. If they go out and beat Auburn this week and then they beat Alabama what, what did you in just the say? SEC championship – Oh, I thought you, you went – you They don't get to play. Zone. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. If, so, so if Notre Dame wins out, which is very likely um, – Alabama. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What'd you just say? Notre Dame. If they went out, yeah, you're you're just gonna gloss through the Miami game. Yeah, I, I'm just the saying. Hurricanes. You got convicts versus Catholics. I'm sorry. I, I was this week, this after. week is gonna t- if talk about it. If they can beat Miami this week, 
Right. After a Miami game, I was looking past Miami, which I can't believe I just did. But I don't either. Then they have Navy and Stanford. So, I mean, so if they win, if they beat Miami, they take care of business the rest of the way of the, the year. Um, I guess the championship in the – what you're hoping for is the championship in the SEC – the loser of that gets bounced out, and that's what Brother. puts Wisconsin in? Listen. No, I mean, I'm, okay. I'm asking a question. I'm, I'm going I'm to straighten this out for you. First of all, Notre I'm Dame. I'm trying to figure out who's going to be out so Wisconsin can be in. The Big if Wisconsin, won't it, get it, let me tell out. you something. If Wisconsin goes undefeated and wins the Big Ten championship, and that's a huge, huge, huge if. Sure it is. Because, because my eyeballs tell me that Penn State and Ohio State are both better than Wisconsin. But that doesn't mean Wisconsin can't beat them. If Wisconsin goes undefeated, wins the Big Ten Championship, there is no way in this wonderful world that a second SEC team is going to get in ahead of them. It will not happen. And then they're going to Absolutely get... no way positively will it happen. The other thing <clears throat> then that will get... not happen. Then in the championship game or the first of the playoff series, they're going to get about 65 hung on them. It wouldn't be and the first everybody's going to go like, what did we so just what? do? What, so you would prefer, Seth, We, Brandon and I have had this argument 8,000 times. You and I never have. So I'm going to figure out whether I like you or not right now. Because he hates me. Here's the situation. So we're talking about Wisconsin, theoretically, yeah. winning the Big Ten Championship going undefeated. There are people out there who say, well, Georgia and Alabama are the two best teams in the country. we got one more segment to wrap this up. We'll be talking more college football at Cheap Seat Radio on social media. Send us an email at CheapSeatRadio at gmail.com. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I gotta say about that. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to the last 15 minutes. If you've made it this far, give yourself a gold star. We want to hear from you at CheapSeatRadio at gmail.com. That's CheapSeatRadio at gmail.com. If, if we read your email on the air, we'll send you a t-shirt. What, what do you got to lose? We'll pay the shipping and everything. And it'll be read on the air by Professor Trent Nichols. Yes. That's the real prize. Yes, I'm really excited about that. So we're talking about the college playoff system, and during the break, Seth hit it on the head. You're saying, well, you know, Georgia and Alabama, Georgia and Alabama. First of all, let's get one thing 100% straight, and I think you and I agree about this. If Georgia, with their resume – were to lose to Alabama mm -hmm. in the SEC championship by a field goal. Yep. There could be, especially since they're number one in the polls right now and most likely will remain number one up to that point, you could make an argument based on their strength of schedule and their resume. That win at Notre Dame looks like a good one. You've got a much stronger conference schedule that Georgia has played. You could make an argument, yeah, Georgia belongs. 
if Alabama loses to Georgia, they're gone. Really? Yeah. Kirk Herbstreet just said they look like the number one team in the country. But you got to look at their strength of schedule, man. You do it's have sweet. to look at their strength of schedule. So here's my question. Trent just told you that mathematically strength of schedule. Wisconsin has a better strength of schedule than Alabama. Now, obviously, that's going to change a little bit when they play Georgia. But if they lose to Georgia, that doesn't really help them much. Well, I guess that's that's somewhat surprising to me because they Wisconsin's not really playing. It shouldn't anybody. be surprising to you because the SEC is the most overrated sports entity in the country right now right, today. Let me just lay it out real quick, and I want to hear from Mr. Hoyle on this. All right, so, Mr. Hoyle. So Georgia loses to Alabama by a field goal. That means their only loss comes from the number one team in the country. And there's a good chance that Notre Dame will be number three, let's say, after they beat Miami. So their signature win is over number three. Their only loss is to number one Alabama. Well, Georgia's number one right now. I know, I know. But, I mean, in the rank, they're – yeah, but at the time, if that if Alabama ends up beating Georgia, then Alabama will be number one. So that'll they'll have their loss from okay, number one. Okay, all right. Wait so my hold, hold on. You're hold making on. my head hurt. No, here's the deal. The only loss comes to Alabama. Signature win Notre Dame. Then you have maybe Clemson. How in the world? I mean, how do you let Wisconsin leapfrog a, a Georgia? I just don't see how you do it. Their only loss is to number one. And Alabama would absolutely walk the dogs on the Badgers. Dude, let me tell you something. Alabama would probably walk the dogs. Alabama went into a national championship three game three years ago and was supposed to walk the dog on Ohio State, and Ohio State beat the brakes off of them. I've got news for you. The SEC is not any good. Now, Alabama, from an eyeball standpoint, yes, probably is one of the best two teams in the country. If they don't if that doesn't convert, it doesn't matter. Look at the World Series. The Cleveland Indians, to my eyeballs, were the best team in Major League Baseball this year. Yeah, you get they seven didn't games. Even get to the World. You get seven games to prove it. Um, you don't. That's get what it makes here. college football great: is it's one game. All right. So hit us. Hit us with so it. So let's let's, let, let, let's let's reset this just for a second. Okay. <laughs> that means translate. No, no. Let's reset this in a way that Chris is right about nope. this. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to tell you. So let's go back and let's say that Ohio State it, they've didn't got two drop losses. that game. Why? 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 Like, they got two losses. They're gone. I, no, no, no. I'm just saying. You're saying, well, Georgia can get in over Wisconsin. Why are you hitting on Wisconsin? How many games have you watched Wisconsin play this year? I haven't watched all the games, but I watched some of the games, and there's just nothing to write home about. Well, you know what you can't write home about? Wisconsin. Eating W's. Well, they dropped two they dropped two spots so what will after help? winning again. Yeah, so. but what will what will hurt Wisconsin is if it's Michigan State in the Big Ten championship. Of course it will. But here's the deal. The only way two SEC teams are getting in the playoffs is if Georgia loses to Alabama. I That's it. I don't Unfortunately, it will be Alabama, Georgia, Miami, if they win the ACC, even if they lose to Notre Dame, and it will be Notre Dame no, in the playoffs. No, 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 no. Now, I'm going to disagree with you there. I'm going to disagree with you. Brandon just keeps – Brandon wants to give no love to Miami. Is their best win – is Wisconsin's best win Northwestern? <laughs> I mean, they have won four in a row. 
USU, FAU, BYU, Northwestern, Nebraska, Purdue, Maryland, There is Illinois, five teams Indiana. in the top 25 from the Big Ten. Okay? So every win is still important. Everybody in the Big Ten can okay. beat each other. And there's there. two ACC teams, and there's four SEC teams okay. in and the Clem- top 25. And Clemson beat three top 15 teams in the month Bro, of September. Bro, nobody's talking about Clemson not making it. Who's out then? Who's out? Oklahoma is Oklahoma. out. Oklahoma. The Big 12 has beaten up on themselves. And the, the Pac-12, Pac-12 is out. The Pac- now, I'm not going to say they're out yet. Washington is the only team with a chance out of the Pac-12 to win this thing. And they've got oodles All right, of work left a to bunch do. we got to give Seth a chance to jump in on this. But wait a minute. I, I want to finish my thought. I'm Who's out? I'm not saying anybody's out. That You're trying to figure out how to eliminate somebody so that the SEC – which is probably the third best conference in the country right now, can deliver two teams in the playoff. I hate playoff. the SEC. That's I don't ridiculous. want to see it happen. But, but I just why don't see are you – you, you say that, but at the same time you're trying to justify Alabama and Georgia both getting in. All right, who's crazy? It's not going to happen. Who's crazy? And just remember who hired you last week. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I think uh, <laughs> if Wisconsin wins out, they're going to have to be either a Penn State or an Ohio State, and that's going to look good on their resume. Yes. If George, if if Michigan State get, now, I'm you know what I disagree. I don't care if Michigan State gets in. Now understand too, people are sleeping on Michigan State. Michigan State, if they get in, what are they a two loss team, Trent? Yes. Okay, they're a two loss team. If Michigan State beats Ohio State and gets into the conference championship, I don't care. Wisconsin, if they win out, go undefeated, win the Big Ten, they're in the playoff. Period. Am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy. I think it depends on how the SEC turns out. You oh. – I don't think two teams from the SEC <laughs> no, will get I don't either. That's the whole thing. I don't but think I, – I, I do think that Washington has just as good a chance as Wisconsin. Well, if, Wis- if Washington runs the table and comes in as a one-loss team, I think that Washington is in good shape. I think they're in good shape. I think that's highly unlikely that that's going to happen, but it could. And it could. And people are going to hold that destruction they got perpetrated on them last year in the playoff against them. But if Washington comes in as a one-loss Pac-12 champ and Wisconsin is an undefeated Big Ten champ, Wisconsin's going dancing. They're going to the playoffs. Well, here's the deal. Trent that's, said there's five top uh, 25 teams in the rankings from the Big Ten, how many of those teams has Wisconsin played, Trent? I don't think – I'm looking at it. I don't think any they, of them. They play Iowa this week. Okay. Well, there you and, go. And, That's and, your signature win then. Well, wait a minute. Congratulations. No. Brandon, you're looking past the fact that they're going to have to beat Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. Wisconsin, Wisconsin has not been anointed yet. The Big Ten, the only chance right now that they have, unless everything falls apart, which I I find it hard to believe it could trickle down that far. Of course, it has before. LSU got in when they went into the weekend number seven, I think. Unless something really bananas happens, the Big Ten is probably out. Penn State and Ohio State had a chance to keep their, their dreams alive this weekend. They both blew it. Michigan State beats Penn State at the gun on a field goal. Ohio State goes into Ames, Iowa and got destroyed. Destroyed. 
So it's over for those two teams. At this point, their season is about winning a Big Ten championship. If they get Wisconsin in the championship and Wisconsin's undefeated and has beaten Iowa and then beats either Ohio State, Michigan State, or whomever in the Big Ten championship and comes out of that Big Ten, they didn't create their schedule. Who knew Nebraska was going to suck? It's just dumb luck the way the math rolls that they got none of the good teams from the East on their schedule this year. That's what championships are made of. You take advantage of those. Now, Notre Dame's schedule hinges on this weekend. If they beat Miami and can run the table the rest of the way, they have a legitimate shot to get in. If they don't beat Miami, it's lights out. And I don't think for the sake of Clemson that whether Miami loses or wins makes any difference. I really don't think it makes any difference at all. If Clemson, as a one-loss team, wins the ACC, they're in. I just hope Mississippi State beats Alabama so we can talk, be awesome. stop talking about this. It'll be awesome. I'd love for Auburn to beat Alabama. I'd love for any of that stuff to happen. You know, It'll just be interesting. Let's put it well, it always is but, interesting. That's why we're talking about it, and that's why people have got such crazy opinions about it. But for Georgia and Alabama to both get in, I think you have to see at least one loss from Wisconsin as a, as a conference champ. I do think that you could make the argument if there's a one-loss Georgia or Alabama team and it's a two-loss Ohio State wins the Big Ten, yeah, I think you can make an argument. I don't think you would. But when you're talking about undefeated or one-loss teams coming from these major conferences, the an SEC team with one loss who took their loss in the last week of the season is not going to get in. And you're talking about the matchups. Let's say that Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship. Okay, Given that everybody else that's in the top four or five is going to be winning, that means that you've got, you'd still have Georgia number one. Alabama would drop to four. Alabama's out. If they lose, they're out. Let's reverse the situation. Let's say that Alabama wins. Georgia, with their resume, has a chance to get in. They drop down to four. Well, you know what that means? That not only are two teams from the same conference going to get into the playoff, they're going to play each other in the first round of the doggone playoff. That's dumb. Nobody likes it. You don't get do-overs in football. That's dumb. I'd rather see that than than uh, Georgia and Wisconsin. If this was UNC or or a Carolina school, you'd be singing a different song. We'll finish this up next week because we're done. Mystery Oreos, we cracked the case. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Krista Lambert, and we're out. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.